today we are with teacher Aaron. We are with him. He's in Mexico. I'm in Ireland. That's the good thing about social media. So we are running on YouTube. We are running here on, on Instagram, TikTok. So you guys might tune in on YouTube if you want. Uh, so teacher Aaron, how are you keeping today? How are you? I I am having an incredible day. Thank you, Prof. Hernan, for having me here today. It is a great pleasure. It is a great pleasure to be here with your community, and I hope I can I can teach uh, different things today. So yeah, we're gonna have a good time right now. <laughs> oh yes, sure, surely we will. Okay, very good, teacher. Before we start with this with this interview or with this chat, it's not even an interview. Uh, I would I would love if you t if you told us uh, how did you become a teacher? Why why teaching English? Why yeah. especially well, in Why? Well, to be honest, I never thought I would become an English teacher because. When I was in high school, English was very difficult for me. I have uh, told this story to my community, but I was uh, bad. I was really bad at English. I didn't understand anything when I was in high school. Uh, teachers were terrible for me. So, yeah, I, I never thought I would become an English teacher. But there was an experience that taught me that learning English and teaching English was different from what I thought. I used to think that English was only for intelligent people or for those who have the attitude to learn it. And yeah, that's true. Uh, having the attitude is really important. But um, when I was in high school, I was bad at it. But I met a person who changed this idea. Uh, he was a person who participates in championships about uh, learning fast, uh, memorizing words, memorizing numbers. And he had the capability to learn a lot of things really fast. And he told me that learning English was very easy, that all that I have been taught was chapa. Basically, basically the word was chapa. It is a word in Spanish, but that word changed the way I, I thought about English. Uh, like all that you have been taught is uh, is wrong. Grammar uh, is wrong. And some things are wrong about what you have been taught. You can memorize faster. You can acquire language faster. And you can do a lot of things faster and easier than you have been taught. It's more about the mindset you have. And it's more about the... Um, the um, the tools, uh, the system you are using. Um, I never learned anything for nine years. I didn't even understand verb to be. And then when I learned on my own, I could uh, carry out conversations in two years by myself. So I changed my mindset, but I also changed the system I used to use. I learned a technique uh, with which I was able to memorize words very fast. And I learned grammar differently from what I used to study at school. Uh, first, I learned English by myself. It was very difficult sometimes, but I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning English. I enjoyed it because of different channels, channels, uh, YouTube channels I, I saw, I discovered. 
And then I realized that I wanted to do it because I stopped studying. I stopped going to school when I was like 16 years old. <laughs> I left school very young and I, I had different jobs. And then I was like, uh, well, because of pandemics, I lost my job. So I had to do different. Uh, I had to do something different. For three months, I didn't know what to do. And then I was like, okay, well, I, I have uh, an English level. So I guess that I could start uh, teaching English uh, to some people. I never thought this would happen, but after three years, I'm still here and I have improved oh, my right. abilities about English. <laughs> and um, it's it has been a great uh, experience. I really love teaching. I have uh, learned different things. I love uh, talking to people and changing the way they learn because that's what happened to me. I changed my mindset. I changed something that I like to call Sintonia de Aprendizaje. I guess it is a learning Sintonia. I like to call that uh, Sintonia de Aprendizaje, um, the way you interact with English. Because some people think like um, something when when you mention learning English, some people think of uh, grammar books or grammar audios that they don't understand, which is what I used to think about English. And when I changed this um, this um, sintonia de aprendizaje, I learned English faster. So I like to teach grammar. But not only to teach it, but to change this Sintonia de Aprendizaje, learning Sintonia. And that has, um, that has helped me a lot to teach English. <laughs> All right. Very good. But that's an interesting story. Okay. So Jacqueline just tuned in with us. She's asking, where are you from? He is from Mexico. What part of Mexico are you from? I'm from Mexico City. Oh, Mexico City from the capital. All right. Very yeah. Good. Okay. So, well, um, that's a really good, a really good story. So you started three years ago. Did you start, did you start with your Facebook page three years ago, like from zero? From yeah, scratch? that's the first thing I did. Uh, I started with my Facebook page and then I opened an Instagram account. Then I opened my YouTube channel, then my TikTok account. And, and you do everything and you do everything online. Yeah, everything is online. Uh, actually, this year I I want to become an English teacher. Um, well, I want to get certified because that's very important for teaching. I, I think that that's very important because I have to say it. I consider myself as an, uh, a young entrepreneur. I'm just an entrepreneur who wanted to teach English. But I want to take this seriously. And okay. yeah, I will become a certified English soon. <laughs> very good. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, welcome on board. Okay, Aaron. Very good. So I guess uh, you could describe then your approach. Like, how, what's your approach to teaching English as a second language? What, what, what's the key you, you, or, or the key ingredient you put into your teaching? What can you tell us about that? The most important thing, I guess, for achieving anything is passion. You must have passion if you really want to get incredible results. 
because you will see every day students that say, I hate my teacher because this, this teacher, um, this teacher just makes me uh, hate the language because this teacher uh, doesn't have passion for teaching. This teacher doesn't make me understand anything. I'm just memorizing structures, but I am not memorizing. I'm not understanding anything. So it's very important to have passion for teaching and also to have uh, or to want to improve systems, to improve explanations. Like, for example, if you want to teach verb to be, but you keep teaching English, uh, you keep teaching verb to be the same thing for 20 years, uh, you are not actually improving anything. You are repeating one year for 20 years. And I consider that as something very important because there are teachers that say, and that's my own opinion, but there are teachers that say, I have been teaching English for 20 years or for 25 years, but they have been teaching the same thing uh, one year for 25 years. If you do the same thing, you are not improving. So you should have, or you should want to improve your explanations, to improve your exercises, and to improve your English skills as well. If you are not improving yourself, you are not going to improve the way you improve English. Um, I think that if you want to, if you want that someone gets to a certain level, you can't teach anyone to get to that level if you don't have it. If you want to have better students, you must become a better teacher. And that comes not only with uh, knowing the language, but also with improving the way you teach it, with your grammar explanations, with knowing more vocabulary, uh, going to different places, meeting different people. So that's very important to keep improving yourself, to keep improving other students. That's true. That's true. Very good. Especially not not uh, downloading your own videos and then posting them like if they were yours, right? That mm -hmm. happens a lot. That that happens. I've seen my videos in many accounts on mm -hmm. Instagram, and then they get their own students with my videos. And I'm like, what? What in the world is wrong with these people? But that's 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 what it is. It is what yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, at least at least they can at least they can tag us you know like they yeah can, yeah they can say the, the name the owner of the content but anyway so we have some questions some comments here we have juan escobar thank you guys you are amazing teachers to us i'm sure we want to become english experts following your system and advice thank you very much juan say hi lc hello everyone okay very good um Aaron, what are some of the key strategies you recommend for achieving fluency in English to fluency. all the people that are listening to us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram. What can we tell them if they want to achieve fluency? There are two things that we have to do every day. You must keep learning new vocabulary because uh, sometimes English uh, is not difficult. It's just like you don't know the words you need to use in some different contexts. Sometimes it's like, uh, bro, uh, teacher, <laughs> I don't know what to do because uh, my mind is empty. I can't say anything. I am speechless when I have to speak. And that's in part because 
you don't know enough words. You must learn more words if you want to get fluent. And now, something, um, something else you have to do is to keep listening to English. Uh, if you don't, if you are not used to listening to English, you will hardly improve your English speaking skills. Uh, the more you get used to the language, the better and faster you will get fluent. So it's very important to keep learning vocabulary every day and you can do different things for it. You can watch movies, you can change your, uh, your Facebook or your uh, Instagram accounts into English. You can change your phone settings and start interacting with the language. You have to get your mind used to English and that's how you're going to improve your English skills. Uh, so it's basically a matter of learning vocabulary uh, constantly and listening to English. <laughs> That's what I would say. And Very also good. practicing because sometimes we know a lot of things. There are also people who say, I know grammar, I know vocabulary, but they are not bringing out what they know. That's also important. Maybe it's more a matter of listening and getting used to the language. But uh, if you never speak, that's what's important. If you never speak, if you just um, if you just complain about not being not being able to speak the language, but you never practice, well, uh, that's ridiculous. You will never be able to do it. So there are different things for it uh, for practicing uh, speaking. What I recommend is to ask yourself questions. That's how I improved my English. Some people think that if they don't have a partner to practice with, they will never be able to to practice. And that's that's not true. You can practice with yourself. You can ask yourself questions, uh, like uh, basic questions such as, what did I do today? Or what I would like to do tomorrow? Or what I would do if this happened? Um, you can create uh, or imagine situations to improve your English and sp uh, practice with yourself. Something I have realized that it's a great idea and that this is something new, this is something new, is use ChatGPT. You can interact with ChatGPT. You can, um, you can ask this AI to, to speak about something like, I want to speak about or I want to talk about um, technology or going to a cinema. And this, uh, this um, technology will ask you questions and you just have to start um responding to these questions and if you don't know a word you can look it up on google or you can have a dictionary of course but it's a matter of discipline a hundred percent a hundred percent that's it discipline is the key that's what i always tell them you can come up with a routine to practice listening to practice speaking to practice all the, the different skills but the, the key is uh, consistency and discipline. If there is no consistency nor discipline, then there will be nothing. No academy, no English teacher will help you. We are not lifesavers. We are just... We That's just true. We just guide them. Could you share then if you, if you have, you don't have to tell us the names, but some like success stories you have from your students. I don't know, a student that maybe uh, 
surprised you with their <laughs> progress, with their achievements, uh, if you could? Yeah, of course. I love sharing English stories of my students because they always get to my class and they are like, I don't understand anything from my school, from my teacher, or also I am in the USA. I need to, I need to communicate, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. So there are, uh, I have had uh, a lot of students with these different situations. And the story, for example, I have uh, a girl, a girl student, uh, her name is Ellie. I don't think she will mind <laughs> um, that I tell her name. Her name is Ellie. She is from New York. And she, um, I met her like two years ago. She wasn't able to say anything. Uh, she wasn't even understanding anything from her school. And the first thing I do with my students is not to teach English, actually. I have a course in which I change their mindset first about what they think about English. Because as I mentioned a few minutes ago, some students are familiar with the language as uh, grammar rules, uh, grammar books, grammar teachers, but they are not, um, they are not comfortable with it. So um, the first thing I do with my students is to change the way they have been learning the language. Uh, I'm sorry, give me a, a sec. <laughs> I will open my window because I have a cat and, and she wants to... Oh. I I'm see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, um, so yeah. Um, first I change the way they have been doing this. I ch I teach them a technique with which, uh, they can learn well, memorize um, in uh, words faster. And with this system, with this vocabulary system, and with my own grammar system, with my own grammar teaching system. She was able to understand. She was able to understand English faster, to understand stories, to understand text, to understand when someone uh, was speaking to her, and then she started to practice with simple sentences. She she actually she spoke to herself to practice, and she started with basic sentences, basic basic uh, questions, and step by step she started to. Uh, literally open her mouth and saying words. That's what she did. And it's a great um, story that I like to tell because uh, at first she was hesitant about buying the course. She didn't know if she was able to do it because she had bought different courses. Uh, none of them was useful for her. And after two years, she is able to communicate without much problem. She is still learning. She still has to improve her abilities, but she is speaking English now. She just have to um, to learn more words or to travel to different places to understand more accents, different accents. But she is doing it great. I have also a student from, I think he's from Ecuador and it is, a similar case, he wasn't able to understand anything about grammar. He he used to forget all the words he was learning. And with this technique, he, he learned more words uh, easier. And also with this grammar um, system that I give my, to my students, 
he was able to understand grammar faster and also read texts, read um, uh, apps on different places. He was able to understand English better. And uh, I love his story because he, at first, he, he was like, man, I am not understanding anything, even from this course. But with discipline, he attended my classes like for eight or nine months. And after this period of time, he started to understand. Uh, it was a little bit ridiculous because we could think like he wasn't understanding anything, but he was actually improving his, his skills. It's just that he didn't even know he was improving his skills. After a few months, he realized that he knew more words. He knew more vocabulary. He knew more grammar um, sentences, and he was able to understand more. Uh, and then he started to communicate a little bit with other students, with myself as well. And um, I love uh, <laughs> to tell about it. Very good. Very good. Yes, uh, that, that's some language acquisition there with... We don't we don't know the way we acquire the language, but then we just end up talking. And speaking. It just happens. It just happens out of nowhere. The natural approach, someone some call it. All right, very good. That's very good to hear them uh, success stories. How do you address the diverse language backgrounds of your students when teaching English? And how do you? I think I can I can uh, talk about this. I can ask these two questions together. And how do you incorporate your, the culture of English-speaking countries into your teaching approach? I think that the cultures of the different countries is very important, not only for learning the language, but also to, um, to know who, are you, who you are going to be interacting with. Um, in this case, in terms of their backgrounds, that's why I have uh, like a previous course in which I I tried to change the way they have been interacting with English. Uh, like you are used to thinking of English as it is complicated, pronunciation is complicated, everything is complicated, and I always forget words because it is. Um, I don't think this is completely true. It is true that we need to make an effort to get fluency, but uh, some things, in my own opinion, is not uh, they are not completely true. So I have a previous course on, uh, on, on my English courses in which I try to change the way they have been thinking of English, and then they start with basic uh, grammar topics, and not only they learn it, learn the, this um, these topics, but also they start seeing how I teach these topics, and they see like, okay, they weren't uh, as difficult as I used to think. So this helps them change these backgrounds, these um, this, uh, things they used to think. And in terms of the cultures, it is a matter of the content they interact with. I, I give them stories, give them stories, give them audios, give them videos so that they can discover how uh, American people, in my case, I teach American English, 
how American people um, live every day, how they take the subway or how they uh, order coffee or how they go to a museum, what kind of things they say. So I just give them content, uh, give them stories, give them videos, give them give them audios. And in this way, I, I help them um, know about the cultures. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Aaron, so this is teacher Aaron. He is from Mexico, from Mexico City, to be precise. And as you all know, I am from Colombia, living in Ireland. Um, Aaron, what are some common mistakes you have identified on your or misconceptions about the language on your students? What can you tell us about that? Like, like some repeated or some frequent mistakes? Uh, there are like there are a lot of these <laughs> there are a lot of these mistakes uh something that i have seen especially with new students is that they translate every word from english from spanish to english for example in this case we both know spanish so there are students that want to translate every word from spanish to english or the other way around um, for example, um, when I have a student, I ask them, how do you translate this or how do you say this in English? For example, el se queja, el se queja. Uh, they are three words. So they are like, okay, how do I say el? How do you say se? How do you say queja? And he is exactly he's exactly translating every word. And they suddenly say he is complains. And I am like, what do you say is? Because and he says, because is is like say. So it's like, no, um, in this case, we don't use is because we have to say he complains, el se queja. And something that happens, and I guess you will ask me this question. Uh, about translating every word. Uh, why do people do this? It's not because they. Uh, it's not because English is difficult. It's because how they have been learning English. Something I have realized is that a lot of teachers uh, teach for um, teach English instructors in a way that I don't really like because students are not understanding everything uh, or anything. They are just uh, memorizing those structures. And they, when they want to speak, they are trying to think of every word. But since they are, are not understanding how English works, they, they end up thinking of the message in Spanish and, they, and then they translate it into English. So something that is very important is to teach English differently so that English students can really understand how English works and then then they will gradually be able to um, to think in the language but they will not be able to think of the language if they are not understanding how it works and this starts with the teacher how the teacher teach the language so um, some people translate every words uh, every word I have had a student and his case was that I, I have a story here. Uh, it was his case. I have to read this story, but first I translate every word 
from English to Spanish, and then I think of the message in Spanish. And this was very frustrating. This is very frustrating because you will, uh, it's, it's just very frustrating. Uh, this is not how we have to understand English. We have to have the ability to um, process English words so that we can think of the meaning when we hear those words. For example, if you learn that swim is nadar in Espanol, in Spanish, you do it not because every time that you hear swim, you think of another word. Nadar. No, you do it because every time you hear swim, you think of the same thing like when you hear nadar. And this yeah. way, you start understanding and learning different words. And then as you keep reading, for example, reading basic stories, you, you gradually start uh, realizing and seeing how English works. It is a matter of how you learn vocabulary and also it's a matter of how you learn grammar structures if you start um, discovering how English works. But if you have a system that only makes you memorize structures and uh, grammar tenses, their uses, but you don't understand why. So that's a huge mistake. And I, I can say it by my, own, by my own experience because I used to do that. I look for words, I used to look for words on Google Translate and it was very difficult for me to understand why a message was relating differently from English to Spanish. Like, why is this word this? And why is this word this other one? Uh, it was pretty difficult. But when I started to understand English uh, directly without any um, need of Spanish, I was able to understand English faster and to stop translating. But yeah, as you mentioned, this is something that happens with time. Uh, yes. Yes, this is something that happens actually. with time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but sometimes... <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. But yeah. sometimes this also happens because of the methodology we use because we are not understanding the language. We are just translating every word. Some people ask me, what does the word um, don't mean in Spanish? Like they want to translate the word don't in Spanish. They want to read it and to think of a word in Spanish to think of the message. And I, and I am like, you don't have to do that. You have to uh, learn how to use that word to understand the message when you hear it, not to translate it from another message to from another um, language. Yes. <laughs> so it is because of the methodology, how English is taught, but it's also with time. Yes, 100%. Yes, the translation, uh, unfortunately, is the first thing we're going to we're going to look at uh, and, and we do it naturally, but we do we do have to give it up as time goes by. And Jacqueline, I think that's the answer to your question. She was wondering if if it was correct to translate everything. And and I'd say no, it's not correct. It's what we do, unfortunately. And um, uh, but it's not the correct thing, all right? Because uh, also not everything not everything is translatable. We can translate everything, but also we also have idioms and we also have colloquialisms and we also have language in use and some things that uh, might mean something different if you look at them in a literal manner, but then in the context is something totally different. 
uh, I don't know, I can't think of an example. I don't know, to throw people under the bus, for example. To throw people under the bus, it's a saying, okay? Uh, let me just answer a quick question here. Estamos en YouTube también con el profesor Aaron, por aquí me preguntan en, en TikTok. Eh, arroba el profesor Hernán en YouTube para que puedan eh, observar el, 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 el episodio. Okay, so I was saying to, to Jacqueline, to throw someone under the bus, it's an expression. And if we think about it in Spanish, vamos a decir, uy, tirar a alguien debajo de un autobús. Lo vamos a matar, se va a suicidar. But to throw someone under the bus es decir en alguien. I don't know, in Mexico, ¿cómo, cómo dicen en México, Aaron? Eh, cuando, cuando estás, en, en Colombia decimos cuando estás, cuando tienes un secreto de un amigo y, y, y lo ventilas. Eh, en Colombia decimos sapearlo, ¿ok? Si sapeas a alguien es throw under the bus, ¿ok? Ok. Eh, en México no recuerdo. Um, I, I don't remember it because um, I don't think we have a medium for this. But no. maybe we have it. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, okay. It's like a snitch. A snitch is it's, it's more common in the, in the States. I lived in, the, I lived in Chicago and I, and I have loads of friends from Mexico and even family. My, okay. nephew, my, my nephew, my niece, their father, it's uh, mm. Mexican. But I don't remember, I don't remember to be honest. But, but anyway, yes, that's why it's not correct under my view to translate everything. Although when you, when, you, when you learn the language and how to teach it, and when you go and study linguistics, uh, you do go through a subject that is uh, teaching English through translation. So there is a whole theory about it, but I don't think it's, it's, use, it's useful. I, under my view, it's useless. But I obviously respect everybody's view. Um, I don't, but coming back to you, do students have to think in English to become fluent in English? That might sound like a dumb question or like a stupid question. But what do you think about <laughs> no, that? No, it isn't. There is no silly question. There yeah, are no silly questions, sorry. No, no problem here. Uh, well, uh, this is my own opinion, of course. Uh, I don't know everything. <laughs> but I will say that you can't, at first, when you are barely learning a language, you can't do it. It's like if I asked a teacher, teacher, I will think in English if you think in Japanese. And the teacher, the teacher is going to be like, but I don't know Japanese. Yeah, I don't know English either. I'm still learning. I, I don't know how it works. So in terms of teaching, in terms of uh, thinking in English, I think this comes with not translating every word, as I was mentioning a few minutes ago, like el sequeja. He is complaints. Uh, I don't know why you would say is, but that happens because you are translating every word. So in this case, yeah, you have to... Uh, learn the language so that you know how the English structures work. Work. In this case, yeah, you you should think in the language so that you can start understanding how it works and start reading or listening to more um, to more words together. So in this case, yeah, you have to learn it and um, you you have to use it as it works. But in this case, when you want to speak, 
at first you will i i don't think you will ever you will be able to to do it you will translate some words because you are not used to the language enough uh to think in the language faster is something that comes with acquisition but also with practice if you have acquired language in a certain level but you never practice it will be uh it will be harder for you to speak it even if you know a lot of words because it's like okay i know this but i never use it so it is useless to know a lot of things if you don't use it um so if you want to think in english it's not it's not something that you can do on your own this will gradually happen but you do have to learn how the english works so that you can start saying the correct sentences, the correct questions, so that you can uh, structure the language correctly and start acquiring the language starts with understanding how it works. That's why I think that grammar is important, but it is uh, it depends on how you learn it. Because if you just open a book that uh, gives you structures, uh, but it's like, I don't know how to use this in real life. It will be difficult for you. It will be more difficult for you to to think in the language. Uh, that's my that. Those are my thoughts. I don't know what you think about this. Um, I do. I do. I do totally agree with you. I, th I think that you can't think in a language that you don't know. But if you want to become fluent, I think everything is a process. Uh, we say uh, here in Ireland we speak uh, more more likely British English, mm. so we say so we say slowly but slowly but surely. All right, so that in, that's another saying. It's another idiom in Spanish. In lento pero seguro, cierto. So so it's 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 all about that. I mean, like every little process, every every little step counts. But you have to add a step every day. I always suggest to my students: you can, if, if you want to improve your reading comprehension, you should start by including a reading routine in your in your daily basis. It's, it's as simple as reading five pages every day. By the end of the month, you would have read 150 pages. That's a book. That would be 12 books in a year. You can't imagine how many words you will pick up from 150 pages i mean just think about this one page is about in average it's about 300 words so 150 pages we're talking about thousands of words so if we make that if we do it then we would be able to think in english and become fluent at the same time yeah that's true because i when i started to think um, in the language that happened with a book I bought, I bought a book, I loved it. It was about learning. Uh, um, it, it, the, the book's name is Limitless. I loved this book. And at first it was pretty difficult to read it. I was like, I am not understanding anything, everything. There are a lot of words that I don't know, but I, I handled it and I was able to, to understand it better with time. And then, when I watched uh, some movies or when I watched some uh, videos after this book, it helped me think in the language better. It was like I finished reading a book and then suddenly I started to think in the language automatically. 
It's not like I I was doing it on my, on purpose. My brain just started doing it. That's and very that good. That, that, that's it. And it happens the same way with listening and with all the skills, with the input. The input, remember, lads, that input is listening and reading. All right, Aaron, uh, I am going to do to move on to my, my section. I have a section on this podcast in Spanish. Okay. Uh, because, because I love I love my students and, and your students as well, if they will eventually see the video or watch the video. I love when they when they notice that we're able to speak both languages and communicate even okay. without being native. So the question is, do you think that um, it is, it, it, do you think that it's a better or, or do you believe that a native English speaker hace mejor a un maestro? Es decir, ¿crees que el maestro tiene que ser native? Tú has tenido, a ver, tú tuviste profesores de inglés porque obviamente eh, tu primera lengua es el español. Igual yo, yo aprendí inglés porque me fui a vivir a Estados Unidos a los 10 años pero eh, tuve profesores de inglés, entonces yo creo que estamos en la capacidad de, de, de responder. ¿Qué opinas? Eh, claro, desde la experiencia propia, ¿no? De cada quien. ¿Tiene que ser nativo el profesor? Eh, bueno, esto lo digo con todo el respeto del mundo, pero para mí es una pendejada pensar así. <risa> Tal cual. O sea... Yo no creo que un maestro nativo sea mejor que alguien no nativo. Yo creo que lo que te hace un buen maestro más bien es qué tan bueno eres para que un alumno te entienda y qué tan bueno eres para que un alumno le guste lo que haces. Eso es lo que hace que seas un buen maestro. Como tal, tampoco es como que sea mejor un nativo o un no nativo. Es más bien la preparación del maestro, la vocación, y las herramientas que utiliza, cómo se relaciona con sus estudiantes. Muchas personas, y yo lo he notado, sí dicen, eh, pues es que si no es nativo no es tan bueno, o cosas así, y es como de no. Ahora, hay un caso donde sí considero que es mejor un nativo, que es para el momento de la pronunciación, en un nivel ya más avanzado. En un nivel básico creo que incluso también un hispanohablante lo puede enseñar. Yo aprendí hispanohablantes al principio, Obviamente ya en un nivel más alto, si es como que tienes que escuchar nativos, pero no necesariamente tiene que hacer a veces como de un maestro, puede ser incluso simplemente de escuchar el idioma y si tú eres lo suficientemente observador, tú puedes también aprender de eso. Pero bueno, si quieres que alguien te corrija en pronunciación, puede ser mejor un maestro eh, nativo. Pero para lo más importante, que es el entendimiento del idioma, disfrutarlo y entenderlo, eh, bueno, entenderlo y la comunicación, yo no lo considero necesario. Perfecto, muy bien, muchas gracias. Ya escucharon la opinión del profe Aarón. Recuerden que estamos en este espacio en el que nos reunimos con personas que hablan inglés y, pre y pretendemos traer a ustedes una información, un, un contenido de valor en inglés para que además tengan la oportunidad de hacer listening eh, comprehension practice, ¿ok? Pero lo más importante de este espacio, y por eso siempre trato de que los invitados no sean nativos, es que miren que no hay necesidad de ser nativos para poder hablar inglés. Hemos hablado inglés durante 40 minutos, van 43 minutos de entrevista y llevamos... Creería yo que exagerando dos minutos hablando español. And that's it. We're not going to speak Spanish anymore. We're 
speaking English. So okay. I just wanted I just wanted everybody to see and to listen and to hear that we are both Spanish speakers, but we can also speak English with no hassle, with no bother. All right. And he's able to understand and I'm able to understand. And of course, we might have some pronunciation mistakes, of course, of course, but that does not interrupt communication. And the purpose of a language is to communicate. If you're able to deliver the message, or you're also able to understand the message, then you're there. Bingo. All right. Because and why do I why do I give an emphasis on this? Because people are just shy and they're blocked and mm. they think that they have to speak like a native but you won't be able to speak like a native if you're not native that's easy all right if you are i don't know 20 18 10 whatever age you are and you're not a native english speaker so you won't be able to pick up that accent because it's not only the accent it's also the cultural background and it's also all this this uh, natural language so that's that's that, that's my that's my um, that's my thoughts. Okay, Adon. So, what types of resources we are coming to the end now? We have about ten more minutes left. Okay. But I want you to give us two things. Number one, how can people follow you, and how can they find you on on different social media? And number two, this is the question now. What types of resources do you suggest? for ESL students to use outside of class in order to continue their learning process and to work towards fluence? Okay, well, uh, the first question. <laughs> um, you can find me as Aaron Flores everywhere, every social media, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. This is my name. Aaron Flores. <laughs> Everywhere. Is, is it with two A's or one A? With one A. Actually, the correct name is with two A's, but my name it is with one A. <laughs> Flores with S, right? Yeah, Flores with Okay, S. so so on social media they find you with two A's. No, with one A. I, I mean yeah. uh the correct name should be with two A's. But okay. mine is with one. Perfect. All right, lads. So here we are. This is teacher Aaron. You can follow him, obviously, because he also has unbelievable material. Okay. All right, Aaron. So now you can answer the question. And you have an extra question. Is Jacqueline. She wants to know where did you learn English? Did you travel to the United States or did you learn in Mexico? Okay, well, uh, what kind of resources do I suggest for ESL uh, learners? Uh, in my own opinion, we don't need as many resources as we have been taught. And the most important one, I don't think we need books, in my own opinion, because I didn't learn with books and also I don't like them. <laughs> I, in my own experience, I have discovered that you have to learn what is your, um, what is the name of this? Um, uh, ¿Cómo se dice? <laughs> How do you say? Um, estilo de aprendizaje, learning style. 
very inspired, very good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I am a visual person. I love watching videos, but that's how I learned. I learned a lot of vocabulary and a lot of grammar by watching videos. But if you don't consider yourself as a visual person, maybe you shouldn't try it. You should test. Uh, you should test on podcasts. You should. You should test. You should test on uh, books, of course. Uh, first, you have to discover what is your um, learning style. That's very important. And once you have discovered it, you should look for a person that you like their technique. Uh, how this person teaches because something very important is that you are going to learn English if you are motivated and how are you going to be motivated this comes with the techniques but also the person you are studying with if you study with a person with a teacher uh, whose methodology you don't like you will lose your motivation you will lose your attitude you will go to a, you will attend a class like i just want this class to end i don't like it and motivation and attitude is very important uh, in my case i watched the different videos on youtube and that helped me learn many things uh, and the first thing i suggest is looking for your um learning Uh, style in the case I'm visual so if you are a visual person start with a lot of YouTube videos now a lot of uh, another thing I suggest and that's also my own experience I learned and enjoyed a lot learning English with music I learned a lot of English with music I don't think that you just have to um to start listening to uh, music and you will magically improve your English skills. I think there are uh, different things you have to do. So the first thing I did at first when I started to listen to music, I I looked at the um, I looked at the lyrics to look for the words I didn't know, look for their meanings. And then I started to listen to the music, to the song. And first I read the lyrics uh, while, um, while listening to the song. I've seen teachers that don't recommend this because they say that you are not actually listening. You are, re you are mostly reading. And uh, I don't think this is completely true because when you read you uh, hear the words uh, more um, comprehensible. Yeah, that's, less comprehensible. That's, that's even the, the shadowing technique. <laughs> the shadowing technique is basically you read and listen, read and listen and repeat. That's the shadowing technique. It's very good, actually. Yeah, and then you listen to the same song without the lyrics and you understand better the accent and also the words And that helps you. And you don't have to do it every time you listen to a song. You just just do it for one month, like one hour every day for one month, and you will improve a lot your listening and your vocabulary as well. And for vocabulary, if you are an English beginner, I recommend at first using a technique uh, that because I I used that technique and I am I am using this technique for learning um, German. Uh, it is about uh, associating words. Um, yeah. You have to associate a word with a concept. 
for example, um, I recently posted uh, an association on Facebook, and it was like, uh, you want to learn the word poll in English. Poll, which means jalar in Spanish. And you create an association. For example, um, imaginas, you imagine an octopus, imaginas un pulpo, un pulpo jalando personas. So when you imagine un pulpo jalando personas, it is easier to remember that jalar is pull because of the word pulpo. And right. that helps at first. Uh, if you associate words first, uh, the first, I don't know, uh, two or three hundred words, um, that will help you remember more words and start reading, start um, studying basic topics and start reading basic stories. And that's how you want, uh, you're going to start uh, um, looking at the language. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. So you've heard uh, the advice from teacher around reading uh, aloud is excellent. That's what yeah. Elsie said. Um, yeah. uh, Jacqueline was asking if uh, Mexico City, if you had uh, English as a second language, you don't, right? It's only Spanish, the official language, is it? Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and reading uh, aloud is real amazing. That helped me with my pronunciation and fluency. I also recommend it. Yeah, and also improves improves your vocabulary. All right, lads. So this is the end. Thanks very much again, teacher Aaron from Mexico, from all the way, from all the way across the sea. I am here in Ireland, uh, enjoying the morning. Now it's already four o'clock. So mm. I would I will I would say uh, a big thanks for tuning in and I hope you have learned some new words and you have understood the, the both accents and, and, and all the content and the information we wanted to, to share today. Thanks again for coming and thanks again for tuning in. I would love to hear your last words just for, for yeah, uh, I just, I just, uh, I can't just say that it was a great pleasure to be here with your community. I'm sorry for that barking dog, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was great to be here, and I hope to have you in my own community as well. Uh, um, one of these days. <laughs> anytime, of course. Yes, it'll be a pleasure, of course. Well, right. um, thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to me, and I hope to see you later. Of course, follow him. Remember, follow him at Aaron. I think I, I shared it. Yes, it's here. Aaron Flores. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you very much. See you next time, teacher.